welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. This is our post-race podcast here on the Athletic. My name is Jeff Gluck, along with my co-worker Jordan Bianchi. And this has been a highly emotionally charged weekend for everybody who is involved with NASCAR or a fan of NASCAR or really just anybody paying attention uh, around the country. So I think that we should just um, jump right into it here. Of course, we're talking about to start um, a noose. Uh, it's hard to even even say, honestly. Uh, just, you know, it it is so... It, doesn't, it feels so real. Yeah, it feels, it, I was going to say, does. it seems like something that would happen in like a movie and you can't even believe mm-hmm. that this is real life, everything that's mm-hmm. happened. But it actually happened. A noose was found uh, in the 43 garage stall on Sunday. Now, uh, as we know, the race was supposed to be on Sunday. Uh, we understand that it was found in the afternoon sometime by a crew member. Uh, Bubba Wallace did not see it. The race was eventually rained out. Um, Steve Phelps, NASCAR president, uh, after, after, uh, the crew member went to, um, NASCAR, NASCAR went to security Steve Phelps ultimately is tasked with calling Bubba Wallace to tell him what happened and break the news to him. Uh, obviously, extremely upsetting. And when I heard about this, I mean, it was one of the sickest, you know, just I, I was like shaking. I mean, it, it was just a horrible, you know, just just sick to my stomach. It just I, I can't even tell you. I, I can't remember ever feeling that level of disgust. I, I'm not sure about anything in my entire life. You know, what, what was your first reaction, Jordan, when you heard about this noose incident? I started shaking. Um, I was just taken back by this and we cover, we cover some pretty serious things sometimes what we do. Um, and you know, the Ryan Newman crash and everything. And you, it, for me that, that slowed down and you can kind of process things and you don't let the moment overwhelm you. This felt different to me. This was, this just really took me back. Like one, First and foremost, this is happening in now, 2020. We're still doing this. This is this is what this country's at. That someone thought that they, they weren't happy with what's going on and they wanted to send a message and that's acceptable? Come on. I mean, what, what are we doing here? And I was just, I was really stunned by it. And then the fact that, you know, you start thinking about, you know, the industry and everything and, and people, you know, you think of the crew guys and everybody's kind of intertwined and they know each other and, you know, Bubba's pretty popular character for the most part. And he's just like, somebody really was with everything he's said and everything positive he has said over the last few weeks that you felt that you needed to do this. I, I just, I, I was dumbfounded. I, I just flabbergasted. I mean, I'm, I'm rambling here, but I, I just, it was, it took me a while before I could calm down. I, you know, look, I think the thing that really was so shocking about it is since NASCAR banned the Confederate flag and, um, you know, the Black Lives Matter car and Bubba wearing the I Can't Breathe shirt and, and all the stuff and, and wanting to create a welcoming environment, you see the pushback from some people on Twitter. Absolutely. And, but that exists to me sort of in like this social media bubble. And then we knew that okay, there's probably going to be some sort of challenges at some point down the road where some mm-hmm. fans might try to bring the flag, but you're no, you're, you know, with Talladega, 5,000 people in the stand, no campers. You're like, well, it's not really going to be a thing, even though it's in Alabama this week, the heart of the deep South, it's not really going to be a thing where it's going to be too controversial yet. I think we have some time before this really comes to a head. And then the next thing you know, 
um, it, it's not a fan that did it, uh, you know, by by all indications, because fans did not have access uh, to the infield at all. Um, the media did not have access to the infield. The only people that have access to the infield are the um, drivers, crew members, um, NASCAR official mm-hmm. people, um, and, you know, track workers, you know, safety personnel or mm-hmm. maintenance type people. And to go a step further than that, the drivers are not allowed to be in the garage due to COVID-19 regulations. The drivers can only go from their motorhome to the track. So you can pretty much, you know, it's not a huge group of people here. You know what I mean? And the fact that they've done, they've been dividing teams up into sort of little uh, smaller groups so that not all the teams are right around each other. There's, there's a fairly limited list of people that could be involved and, and all Mm -hmm. signs point to somebody, you know, who was there in a work capacity doing this. And it's just, uh, you know, it's just like, wow, it's just shocking and upsetting that, you know, it, it, it could come from within in that, in that sense, you know, and, and that someone could, you know, just plan to do that or, or, you know, I, I just, I just can't, I, I've, I'm so far removed from having that idea of hatred, you know, that I just can't even understand what, why somebody would, would do that. And so it's just, it's just so, I don't know. I, I was just so disturbed by that. Um, and, you know, I think everybody, everybody was who, who heard about it. It's just, uh, you know, that Sunday night was a real low moment. Uh, for everybody, I would say, right? I think it's an incredibly low moment. It's it's a black eye, and I think you factor in that NASCAR has had a long, complicated history with race. It has done much better, becoming more diverse over the last 15, 20 years, and it's, it's much farther along than it ever has been. It still has a long way to go, but it has taken significant steps. Um, but when you look back at NASCAR's history, um, you know, with Bill Francine being closely attined, you know, aligned with uh, George Wallace, uh, you know, the Wendell Scott couldn't even, you know, go in victory lane and get his trophy when he won his lone cup race because they, NASCAR was afraid that fans might riot. Um, the fact that there's only been two black drivers that have ever won National Series races. Um, Kyle Larson's recent comments or comment. um I don't know. It just, it's tough. And you, you, you know that the, the ramifications for this are, are going to be, it has a potential to be long lasting. And it's, it could, in some cases, it might not be something you recover from. Now, I think NASCAR, I think the NASCAR community rallied today with everything, but still, this is something that's not going to go away. And it's something that I can only hope that if there are people on the fence who don't believe that, racism is really a, a still a big issue in this country or kind of just turn a blind eye into it that this will make them realize that this is still happens and you you can't turn your you can't turn your head away from it and this needs to be dealt with and we need to move forward well and that's you know on on sunday i spent part of my uh father's day stupidly probably uh, engaging with people on twitter arguing about the confederate flag because people are coming at me on twitter and saying you know 
you you media are just hyping this up. There's no racism. Racism, you know, it's not. There's no incidents of racism in NASCAR. This is just so stupid. It's a media creation. And you know, you see stuff something like this happen. You're like, you know, I hope everybody got the message. How real and you know frightening this is that it still exists like that. Um, and you know, um, really some disturbing things even even after that, where you know. Um, you might, you know, Mike Skinner's son, uh, Dustin Skinner. Uh, did you see this he posted I'm that actually literally reading it as we speak? I mean, it posted on social media, a really disturbing thing that he mm-hmm. wishes that they would have, uh, that he, he applauds the people that did the news. And he wishes they would have wrapped it around him and dragged him with it or something. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, and he's, yep. It's, a, it's horrible. Yeah. It's, it's just horrible. absolutely repulsive, disgusting. And, and people, I, you know, I, I've blocked so many people on, on Twitter um, that just, you know, I, I, you can see it coming. You start to read the first few words and you're like, well, this person's immediate block, but it, you know, th- there is racism out there and, and it's been loud and clear, uh, that that still exists. But I think that if there was ever going to be a way for NASCAR to handle what happened, especially in the national international spotlight, um, what happened Monday today, as we're talking uh, before the race, I mean, it was one of the, no, it was, I wouldn't even say one of the, probably the most moving moment I've ever experienced watching a sporting event. Um, I'm almost getting choked up already. Uh, I, I, I was so surprised. Usually I, I can sort of, um, you know, even in a scary crash or like the Ryan Newman thing or whatever, like my heart yeah. might be pounding, but I kind of like go into reporter mode Mm-hmm. And I can sort of just, you know, I think it's probably not dissimilar from sort of like a, you know, a nurse or something where they have to block out the emotions of the patient or something like that. I mean, I'm not comparing myself to nurse, but in, in a in a crisis no, thing we, where you're that you're covering, you for, sort, of, sort of focus on the job. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, we look yeah. at, you know, right. Daytona it was like immediately when it happened, it was like you and I started talking like, OK, this is what we need to do. A, B, C and D. Right. And it wasn't. That was it. It wasn't we started talking about our feelings, you know, macho men or anything, but you know, we didn't start talking about our feelings and processing things. It was like, no, we've got a job to do. Here's what we need to do. Let's go do it. Yeah. You focus on the job first. You worry about, uh, you know, the emotions and what it all means later. You sort of push it aside. But man, I tell you what, you know, we had gotten uh, inklings that the drivers had organized something. And it turned out that um, Jimmy Johnson texted all the drivers on their group me chat, which is uh, they're constantly talking on there. All the drivers are on it. And he said, look, you know what, guys? I am going to go um, stand with Bubba for the national anthem. If anybody wants to join me, that's where I'll be. So a bunch of drivers started talking and turned out Kevin Harvick said, you know what? Why don't we push the 43 car all together collectively to the front of the grid and then stand with them there? And so it just kept building and building and everybody wanted to join. And the teams ended up joining. So... You're seeing this moment where, you know, after this horrific incident that is just so disgusting, you're you're at the heart of the Deep South. You have you're you know you're at Talladega. You have Richard Petty there, seven-time NASCAR champion. You know, Bubba is in his car. That all you know his his competitors are pushing him in the car to the front of the grid, and Mm -hmm. all the teams are walking behind him. It's like it's like NASCAR organized their own small 
protest march. You know what I mean? To, to show they were united against this. The, the image of that was so striking. And then Bubba being overcome with emotion, getting out of the car, um, Petty comforting <laughs> him. And, you know, the, the moment where he's, you know, they're all standing there. Uh, he's getting hugs from his, you know, fellow competitors. Just, I mean, you know, sort of the, the light that comes out of all that in, in the face of that darkness of the ugly incident. Um, it was just so overwhelming. I like, I literally, I, I'm not even a crier really. Like I'm not. And then I sat there and I was just like, it wasn't even like tears. I was like the, like the, Oh my God kind of thing. Like I was like, I could, I couldn't, I was so surprised at the reaction that I was experiencing. Cause normally, like I said, I'm not like that, but I don't know if it's just the, all the emotions from seeing all this hateful, hateful racism stuff over the last week on Twitter, which has definitely gotten to me. Um, which is obviously nothing compared to what black people experience, but just me trying to stick up for it. And, you know, all the comments that I've seen, you know, just are so disgusting. And, you know, obviously I had a hard time sleeping last night. And then you see this moment, it was just almost like cathartic or something. And I don't know, it was just really, really powerful. Uh, I'll stop rambling now, but how did you feel about what you saw there? I echo everything you said and I thought it was it gave me goosebumps I'm not it didn't make me cry or anything but it certainly it moved me um it was powerful and I and I felt like I was watching history um the one you know one of the most iconic moments in in NASCAR I think this is something that people are gonna be talking about for generations to come years and years of you know this horrific act happened but then here's the aftermath and I think you used a good analogy there you know light you know out of darkness and that's what this was and i think when you see that this was this was really powerful and it showed that there's some really bad people out there but there's more good people than there are bad and that was uh it, it spoke to me yeah and you know we had talked uh after the atlanta race you know it's like man you know it's like a lot of the drivers participate in that video but not all of them some of the drivers have been spoke outspoken on social media some haven't wish some people would say more but when you saw everybody doing the hashtag i stand with bubba and everybody you know united there together um it was just like man this this really sends a message i feel like and it's it, mm-hmm. not just to nascar fans but to the world of like, and you could see the on social media of people who aren't NASCAR fans are like, wow, this is, that's something NASCAR really NASCAR is the one saying this and doing this. And NASCAR is the sport who is really pushing for change. I mean, it, it, it just made you feel as bad as the incident was good about mm-hmm. the people in NASCAR. I think most people in NASCAR are good people. Obviously at least one terrible, terrible person uh, and Steve Phelps said on a conference call today before the race that when they find out who it is, this person will be banned from NASCAR for life. They will never be seen again. And I can't wait for that person to be discovered and found out because I hope they they just disappear forever. Um, but, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know, like that, that was so, it was just so amazing. Like you said, I think that will be, you know, I we're at the point now, Jordan, where, I really hope that the the pressure on racists, I really hope that people start to make them feel as uncomfortable about their views as they have tried to make black people and minorities feel about coming to the track, like with 
Confederate flags and stuff like that. I hope they feel so uncomfortable, they just go away. They they either change their views, which I'm not sure is likely, or they say, you know what, NASCAR isn't for me anymore. I, I've. It's funny how racists voluntarily out themselves on social media, and they will say, oh well, you know, NASCAR. Like like a guy replied to my tweet after the race about Jimmy Johnson saying, we all wanted to back. Uh, Bubba Wallace and, and march down there and all this stuff and, and be behind him for the national anthem. And somebody wrote back to my tweet and said, I am done with NASCAR after this. This is ridiculous. I No more for me. And I wrote back and I was like, bye. <laughs> like, you basically just said, I don't like that all of these drivers supported Bubba Wallace after he was a target of a racist act, so I'm not going to watch NASCAR anymore. What does that make you, sir? You know what I mean? Like, so if people want to out themselves as racist, Great. Bye. I'm glad you don't feel comfortable watching NASCAR anymore. It's time for uh, a new wave to sweep in and, um, you know, less racism, less racism uh, would be a wonderful thing. So, yeah, go ahead. I think you make a good I think you make two points there um, or I want to follow up on is one. I, I do think some good can come out of this. And I think one is the fact that you can say goodbye to these people that you're we're going to out these racists, these people who have these feelings of that you know if you're different than me you don't belong here you don't you know they're going to be flushed out and when they are nascar is going to move forward without them and nascar will be better off for that and i think that drivers are now speaking out more than they ever have on social issues we've seen it from jimmy johnson we've seen it from ryan blaney we've seen it from bubba wallace um we're seeing it starting to see it from kyle bush a little bit more now we're seeing it more and more from drivers because the knock on them for a long time was, and even in, for, until a couple of weeks ago even, was that they were hesitant to, to say anything. That's not the case anymore. It certainly doesn't seem to be the case. And I think going forward, they're going to have a voice. And that is a good thing. It's a powerful thing. And I think if there's something good that can come out of this whole mess, this whole awful, disgusting mess that's happened in, in the last 24 hours, is the fact that NASCAR and its drivers have come together and said, we're not going to put up with this anymore. We are going to lead the charge. And if you are a racist, we don't want you around. You're not welcome here. And we're moving forward. I love it. And, you know, I think that I agree that that a lot of drivers who you aren't used to seeing speak out, um, they are finding their voice and it's becoming more comfortable and and i'll i'll go a step further and i'm not trying to insert myself into this because it's not about me for sure for sure but just using my own experience um i i've been hesitant way too hesitant at times to to speak out because when you do um you know you get people saying no stick to racing stick to racing I, i don't come here to follow this and you know as someone who previous job was supported by fans and you're like oh gosh i I don't want to offend everybody. Okay, I'll just kind of stick to racing. Um, you know, I, I've written some, you know, columns in the past, like you know, the the flag should be banned and things like that. But you know, it's it's even up till you know the whole George Floyd thing. I was kind of uncomfortable speaking about it, even though I don't think that racism is a political issue at all. It's a social issue. So, but now that I've done it uh, more and more, and it is just becoming sort of common, I, I feel like I could see the drivers sort of doing the same thing, like. Joey Logano before the race looks into the camera and records a video and, and, you know, you can tell he's hurt and, you know, he, he is outraged by what, uh, he heard about with the noose and says, you know, fix your heart people, you know, stuff like that. And, and again, it's just, 
people like that who now are going to speak out, they're they're going to feel more comfortable in the future doing it and calling it out when they see it, calling racism out when they see it. Um, you know, people would tiptoe for so long around the topic. And now I, I think you're starting to see that change. So, again, it's not going to change overnight. And obviously things aren't great because we just had a terrible, terrible incident here um, that is going to be a, a stain on NASCAR for years because, of course, we look at it a certain way. Not every people are going to be like, oh, my gosh, NASCAR, terrible. Just when I thought I was giving them a chance, they they do this kind of thing. I mean, of course, it's not NASCAR, but somebody involved in the industry somehow, probably. But um, I don't know. I just, you know, I think that change, it doesn't all happen in, in big sweeping moments sometimes. It has to happen like this. And uh, this is a moment where it can be an inflection point and say, okay, you know what? No, no, We're, we are we are not tolerating this. Absolutely not. And uh, people are going to speak out and show support. I agree. I think this is something that NASCAR is going to be better for in the long term. It sucks now. It hurts. It's, 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 you know, but I think you're going to learn from this and you're going to be better. And I think everybody involved is going to be better. Yep. I keep going back in my head to, uh, when I was, uh, you know, talking to, talking to Nate Ryan privately about, um, whether NASCAR should ban the Confederate flag. And I was like, ah, oh, I don't know. I wonder if it's just going to be, you know, it's going to be like violence and, you know, should they really do this? And, and, you know, hopefully he won't get mad at me for saying this, but I mean, he, he said, you know, change is supposed to be messy. I keep coming back to that line. I'm sure that's, you know, not, uh, that's a phrase and not something that Nate made, but the, Nate saying it made it stick in my head. And I think you see it again with this, you know, this is a response to Bubba leading the way on social issues and, and, trying to move NASCAR forward and somebody didn't like it. And so again, it comes to change is supposed to be, is supposed to be messy. If it was easy, that would have been done a long time ago. Right. So, um, anyway, we will, uh, we will talk about the race here, but first we need to read an ad. Of course, this is a, um, advertising supported podcast on the free version here. You can skip the ads, uh, if you want on the athletic platform we'd love for you to be a subscriber at theathletic.com but if you are listening to it here on the free one uh, we'd like to tell you this week about Hawthorne and um, you know Jordan in the past you've talked about your 10 foot rule <laughs> with the with the cologne there mm-hmm. you gotta smell good it's important well it's I, I don't think you have the script here but it actually does the main thing it says here <laughs> is quote smelling good is important you just said that it's extremely important so Hawthorne smells really good. Getting Hawthorne cologne is very easy. I know some of the uh, some of the listeners probably just gave Hawthorne to their dad for Father's Day. Um, you know, there's a quiz you can take about the scents, all that stuff. You know, we'd like to hear your stories. If you've heard any um, funny or weird compliments from your family and friends, uh, you know, I mean, Jordan, when you, you with your ten foot rule, do you, do you have people comment to you? Like, what what do they say? Quite a bit. You smell good. What are you wearing? I've actually had people, women, uh, want to smell. My, they come up to me and they smell my neck. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Well, with Hawthorne, <laughs> you. I'm just, I mean, I'm just. There's a reason why you wear cologne. You want to smell good for you know whoever, and you want to you know, and that sometimes happens. Wow. You've never had that happen before. Uh, no, I've never had a woman. You see, you're come doing up and... it wrong. You need more cologne. I don't know if I do though. I mean, I think I'm kind of good. I've 
I've already been married for almost five years, and if yeah. my wife hasn't left me yet, I don't ask know your I, wife. Well, well. <laughs> but no, I, I I could see where it could it could be a benefit. Um, but anyway, you know, if you're interested, you could take a two, a quick two minute quiz. And Hawthorne will tell you the two colognes that are best for you, one for work and one for play. It's totally risk-free with free shipping and free returns. So check out Hawthorne at hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com, hawthorne.co. And use our promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. That's hawthorne.co. And use our promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. So anyway, yes, uh, there was a race. And it happened. Uh, and, you know, I, I was highly doubtful that it was going to happen at Talladega after the rain. Uh, you know, first it gets rained out Sunday and you're like, ugh, terrible. Then they come back Monday and they say, OK, we're going to try another um, 2 p.m. local start, 3 p.m. Eastern, even though it rains in the forecast. And the forecast, the radar looked terrible. And so, of course, they start the race. And uh, after 30 laps or whatever. Uh, unfortunately the rain comes and it looked so bad that you're like, well, this is it. And, and you, you crew chiefs on the radio were like, this is, this is going to be done for the day. And you know, it, they, after an hour, they dry the track, they get re going again. And everybody's like, well, I don't even think we're going to make it to halfway. Not only they make it to halfway, they make it the entire race. It never rains again. I mean, I am so glad DW is not around to start crowing about the oh vortex God. theory. I because thought about that. I know. I was thinking about that. Oh, but anyway, I think that was a heck of a race. Wow. That was one of the best super speedway races I think I've ever seen, especially in the post tandem era where things got screwed up there for a while and the, the races weren't quite as good. I mean, this, this race had the most um, lead changes and actual lead changes, like at the start finish line, not like loop data lead changes, but uh, the most since the, the tandem era, 50 something lead changes, 56 um, tons of different leaders, 19 different drivers led a lap. Uh, the racing was good throughout, uh, you know, and what was amazing about this Jordan was this was a rules package tweak that had happened post Daytona after in a reaction to the Ryan Newman incident. Drivers did not get to test it. They had no practice. They just went out there and they put on a, an awesome race with having no idea what was going to happen. If we've learned anything, we don't need practice. We don't need qualifying. It's just, it, you don't, we don't need them on a weeknight races. We don't need them on a weekend races. Um, the simulations nowadays, you can roll the cars off and they're ready to go. The race today was phenomenal. And I like today's races. It didn't feel, I, I like about plate racing. And I know it's not restricted plate racing, but I'm always going to call it that is it was the guy, it, you could see the skill level of the drivers and the moves they were making and how they're setting guys up and how they're making passes and you know, when to make runs and it's the guys who are typically really good in these races were up front and controlling the action. Um, Denny Hamlin was up there. Blaney, um, the Team Penske contingent. I mean, it was the same guys that we usually see up there doing this. Stenhouse. <laughs> Stenhouse, absolutely. And you can see that, you know, it's not, this is not a crapshoot. This is not just, you know, a lotto. This is, no, there is an art to this. And we saw that today. And Blaney had a heck of a move going through the trial, but when he got sideways, he got, what he, was it Logano that caught him or uh, Keselowski got him in the back bumper and Blaney got almost, you know, side, completely sideways, hung onto it, kept it, went into the lead. It was great. Well, I mean, stage one was great when the rain, you know, was on the way. Then the race resumed. Stage two was fantastic as well. Stage three was a little bit longer. There was a couple moments where it settled out. I think you had seven cars that kind of broke away, but it was still very exciting and people going back and forth. And um, Eric Almarola had an interesting observation 
afterwards because he said that because they slowed the cars down a little bit, that sort of made everybody less likely to go run the wall. Um, the lanes were even enough uh, that people could just kind of ride in the pack and and race in the pack. So you didn't have you, I don't think there was one time all race over a 500 mile super speedway race where everybody got single file. There was not one time. And I can't remember the last time that happened, honestly. I mean, maybe it's happened, but this race was competitive throughout. Uh, really fantastic. It was tense. Um, you know, I think this shows, too, that you don't have to have a big one to be a, a great super speedway race. Uh, the the um, fear of it or sort of like the tension of it is is enough, right? And when you add in the different names who were up there, you add in the fuel mileage element of it, um, you know, overtime. I mean, this is this is a really classic super speedway race. I I am gonna stick with this one in my memory, even though I don't have a very good memory. This one will I'll try to remember for a while. It was fantastic, and the end was phenomenal. You had Eric, you know, Amarolo you know, sliding across the finish line, you know, bumper rear bumper first. Um, you know, if you know Eric Jones doesn't end up in the wall, he, I think he wins that race. If if Blaney doesn't, you know, bang into him. Um, it was great. This race had a little bit of everything. And it also had strategy at the end because guys were worried about fuel mileage and whether to pit and whether not to pit and how long they could go. And how you don't really see that kind of element at a plate race in the closing laps. Usually at that point, everything kind of sorts it out. We did get a caution that kind of rectified that a little bit. But still, it was pretty. It was a, This race had really just a little bit of everything. Well, and, and I think that, you know, especially on, on the day that there was so much emotion, you know, it would be one thing if they just raced anyway and it was just kind of a boring race somewhere and you're just like, ah, whatever. But the fact that this was such a great race um, and you could sort of immerse yourself in it, um, you know, we've talked about <laughs> I remember when the pandemic was our, our biggest worry and and um, sadness, you know, and all that stuff. Um, seems like, you know, racism has certainly eclipsed that. But, um, you know to have that distraction or whatever is just, uh, I don't know. It was, it was nice to just, you know, look at, look at cars going around in circles for a little bit and, and have fun with it, uh, before you think too much about what's going on again. Again, it's not to diminish that issue, but, um, the distraction was welcome. So, um, and then Blaney wins, uh, you know, and afterward you had a great moment where Bubba Wallace, and, and, you know, actually, um, I think it was Almirola said afterward, too. That, and maybe, no, Stenhouse said it afterwards. The drivers before the race, you couldn't hear this on TV, but apparently fans were chanting Bubba Wallace's name before the race. You know, there was 5,000 fans there. Oh, wow. That was, and, that was cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, they were, they were chanting his name before the race, and the drivers could all hear it. Um, so that was cool. And then Bubba, he must have heard that group of fans, or, or maybe afterwards, he goes up, and there's a, um, a bunch of African-American fans um, that was cool. That was this, this, that whole moment was just amazing. That was really, you know, he's emotional. Um, I thought that moment was actually better than pre-race in some respects. Well, it's just you know you're just watching that and just wow, this is this is amazing. Things, it's small, right? But things are changing. And he said, look, the, the I think he those people had said to him or something. Those are their first race. They'd come down from Atlanta, uh, their first ever NASCAR race. They're given a chance. I mean. Wow, to to come to Talladega uh, where this incident had just happened, and um, you know, gosh, I mean, that was just cool moment, cool, really cool moment. Um, 
I don't know, man. This is this is one where you're just—it's going to take a while almost to sort through everything that happened uh, today and try to process it. That's why we get to write, though, right? Because we have a chance to sit down and write about this stuff and and think about it uh, before we just ramble and spew our opinions on a yeah, podcast. Have fun but... writing that. Have fun writing the top five because that's going to be. <laughs> I yeah. put it this way: I am. I am really looking forward to it because you do an incredible job with it each and every week. And this week, I think you're going to knock it out of the park, especially so. Um, I don't envy you, though, because one, picking five things and then being able to go deep on these and to kind of, you know, expand upon everything that happened. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. (laughs) Have fun with that. I think it's going to be probably a late night for me. And I'm already kind of tired because uh, I just didn't (laughs) sleep well. And, you know, it's been a long day with you know, it's heavy emotionally. I don't know. Again, I no, mean, I, I, I keep thinking to myself every time I, every time I say, gosh, this has been so, um, so it's draining or whatever. Draining but then I, then I think, okay, I'm a white dude. I'm a, I, I'm a privileged white dude. Think about how it is to be black and somebody dealing with this. Um, I mean, just, I, I don't know. I mean, it just kind of hits home right there. Right. Like what, what the battle is. And um, I'm trying to be, you know, a, a good supporter and ally of people who are fighting this fight, but it's a lot harder for people that actually have to go through it. Not me who just looks on Twitter and gets mad at people's racism. But, um, anyway, wow. Uh, so guess what, Jordan, you know, Oh, it's my favorite. Po- hey, haven't I, didn't I win again? You, do you not know what happened last week? No, I have no idea. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. Let's first recap that on the last podcast, we were talking about Jordan and what he was at a good race poll and Jordan was on a big losing streak and was like very unhappy about having to participate this. He was very down, down on it. Uh, Just for the record, I'm still unhappy. I have to participate even when I win. Okay. But then, so you go out in your low moment and you got within 0.1%. You almost got it down to the 10th of percent last week. You completely nailed it and destroyed me. That's what I do. You didn't, you didn't know this till now. I have no idea. I, I don't vote in it. I don't pay attention to it. Yeah. But people tweet yeah. you and they say, Whoa, Jordan. I don't, know. I don't pay attention to my replies. Usually I'm you not, don't? I'm not a good social. I'm not usually, I'm not a good social media person now. Well, let me say people were tooting your horn for you, uh, and rubbing it in my face. <laughs> God bless him. Because uh, you completely nailed it on on the on the poll last week. Like I said, 0.1 percent. I mean, that is really good. And remember, Twitter only went to tenths of a, of a percent on the poll this year. So before we would have just considered that a perfect score because you would have just gotten the percentage, you know, exactly <laughs> right. So amazing. You may have gotten it uh, closer than anybody has ever guessed it. But now it's time to guess again, Jordan. And this was a spectacular race. Um, I guess I'll let you go first, Mr. Wizard. Sure. Uh, can I ask you, do you know what the highest Talladega race ever is in the poll? Okay, here's the thing. The highest super speedway race in the poll history, dating back to 2016, was the 2019 spring Talladega race won by Chase Elliott. That got a ninety percent. Two oh, other okay. that, two other Talladega races have gotten eighty eight percent, but okay. for the most part, super speedways they can't really hang with the short tracks. This one might sure. be different though. 
No, this is different. This is 95%. And I'll tell you why. The Chase Elliott race that year was it was fine. It was good. Chase won. People are excited. Blaney's a popular winner, first of all. Great. I mean, incredible finish. It felt like something out of a movie. Talladega Nights-esque. Um, emotional moment pre, pre-race pre we talked about. Obviously, you had everything that happened post-race. This is a 95%er. And, I, and it, I really feel confident in that. Okay, but let me just back you down a little bit here. Well, you can go 95%, but... Let me just caution yeah, you. you. That's I have to caution you to say that the all-time number one race in the poll is 94.9%. And Oh, really? Yes, hmm. yes. That was Bristol earlier this year. Uh, okay, so ago. it's possible. So, yeah, so things, you know, records break. You know, we just had it, 95. Okay, but here's the thing. There are a lot of angry racists who I haven't blocked yet, and they are going to come out and vote. <laughs> And say, I, you know, they're going to say, I'm done with NASCAR, screw NASCAR, like the stupid banner, defund NASCAR, whatever the hell that means. Um, so, Still trying to figure that one out. I think there's going to be a percentage of haters who try to vote no on purpose just because they go, no, there's no good NASCAR races now because they don't let me bring the flag anymore. So that's my opinion. And I think that's going to hurt it by perhaps three to four percent. I agree with you that normally this would be potentially the highest ever, but I think that's going to hurt it. I want to win here. So, because I, I have to overcome my defeat of last week that was humiliating after I talked all this trash. Can't let you win two in a row. So, I'm going to go 92.5%. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going for the exact number. Okay. I'm going that's for the cute. exact number. You have 95. I'm going 92.5. And. I unfortunately, again, due to racism, let's weed out the racists so I can do better in this poll. Dude, I've probably blocked three hundred of these racists uh, over the last couple weeks here. Maybe, maybe, maybe more. We should allow them to vote in this poll. I mean, I'm just sorry. I can't they don't block they, all of them and tell them they that don't it's deserve time to, vote. to block the vote. They, they, they're. Oh, uh, I thought you said I should un- unblock them. No, no, no. They should not be allowed to oh. vote in this poll. They have shown their ignorance, and when you're ignorant and you believe in racism. I'm sorry. You don't get a vote well, in this poll. Some of them haven't outed themselves yet. When I post a poll, it's amazing because, um, you know, like like I actually tweeted before the race uh, in this moment. I said, you know, I, I'll admit it. I cried. And, you know, stuff posting stuff like that actually elicits the, some of the response from the racists to come out and say, oh, you cried over uh, supporting a terrorist organization. Black Lives Matters. You're like, what? What? What are you talking about, you idiot? You know, stuff like that. Like, no, I cried because somebody somebody uh, essentially got threatened, uh, attacked, and all the their people rallied around them. Uh, you know, you're just like, what are you what is wrong with you? Like, why can't you, you know, anyway, stuff like that. I, I won't go on and on about it. But uh, you know, it it's it's nice when they just, you know, raise the flag and say Hey, hi, I'm racist. And I go, cool, bye, you're blocked. And then I don't see them anymore. So um, anyway, well, I guess that's all for now. Uh, Next week, I don't know what we're doing with the podcast yet. We haven't talked about a plan. It's been so busy. As you know, it's the first Pocono doubleheader. And um, so there's going to be a race Saturday and Sunday. So I don't know if we're just going to do one podcast uh, after Sunday or we're going to do a special subscriber only podcast, you know, like we've been doing for the midweek races Saturday. Also, I don't know yet. We'll talk about it. Tweet us. If you have an opinion, 
if you want a subscriber only podcast um, or if we should just do one Sunday after and recap both races, let us know. But anyway, we appreciate you listening. This has been, uh, you know, gosh, who would have thought this year we'd be talking about all sorts of things not related to on track stuff um, between the pandemic, eye racing drama, um, Black Lives Matter, a, a noose, you know, just all, all sorts of this. I mean, just like this podcast is been has had quite quite a whirlwind this year as have we all but um hopefully someday we will all uh be back to a new normal that is better for everybody but we do appreciate you all for listening and you guys mean a lot to us thanks for your support we hear you we see you um so thanks for that for jordan my name is jeff we'll talk to you next week on the teardown